Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. And today we're talking about sourcing for reselling businesses and what questions we try to ask ourselves before we decide it's time to source. We all know that in order to sell items in this business, it requires us to go out there and purchase goods to then photograph and list on the internet. But the real question here is, when is it appropriate to go sourcing and can it start to take over your business, causing you to look over other tasks? I think this is a great topic to touch base on, um, especially as we head into quarter four. Yeah, I agree. So we will see you at the table, friends. This is a good topic. I feel like sourcing is always a hot topic, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's like I used to say on Weight Watchers, like everybody used to always love to talk about food and recipes. Yeah. It's I true. feel like sourcing is that equivalent for the reselling business. It is, whether it's like the things that we find or flops or whatever it is. But I think the actual topic of like sourcing and its importance to the business and then how it kind of evolves over time, I think that's a big component when it comes to sourcing. Yeah. Um So the way we laid this out is we have various questions that we're going to answer ourselves and kind of throw it out there and and see where we fall and give a little feedback. Definitely play along with us. Like, as I'm sure you'll all be reflecting and thinking. Yeah, it's definitely a reflecting type of an episode. That's that's true. This is another therapy session with Lori and Daniela. So get ready. We love (laughs) you. So the first thing that we have here is when do we think we really need to source? And is there a time in your business that you sit back and say, okay, I need to go out there and source things for my business, or you constantly sourcing and you just never have those moments where you just sit back and think about, okay, I need to go out there. I don't have anything. Um, You can go first, Lori, then I'll go. Okay. Um, Well, so recently, I think everybody knows me who's been listening to this podcast for a while or follows me on other social media platforms that... Um, it's very rare that I feel like I need to source mm. because I am kind of a person who lives in excess. I'm a minimalist wannabe, but never going to be probably, <laughs> so um, but I have slowed down a bit and um, the pandemic helped me slow down and actually really helped curb my like sourcing habits. Mm-hmm. Um And I think because during the school year, um, I would like get my stuff done in the morning and then sneak out for a couple hours and source, come back for the bus, go about my day, get excited about the things I bought that day and so on and so forth. forth. But also every February, I have thriftless February for a reason because I usually have excess. So um, recently, because of the estate sale buyout, Um, that I think is now going on three weeks. Um, And then I had Ryan visit. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of sourcing with Ryan, but I wasn't crazy. We purposely didn't go to the bins. Um, And I I tried to limit my shopping there. What's happening right now is I'm listing a lot of the estate sale stuff, but I feel like my closet is craving some modern pieces. And I love vintage, but you know, I do have a clientele and people who visit my closet um, and I just feel like I, I've been really craving some modern stuff and actually feeling like I need some modern stuff. So I've been kind of just sprinkling a little bit in, but um, yeah, I don't really have a sourcing schedule. I never really have. Yeah. And for me, it's the complete opposite. I used to have a very strict 
sourcing schedule. And as I have grown as a reseller, I have learned that sometimes um, if I want to get the really good stuff that I found one day and I want to go back and keep checking to see if there's even more really good stuff, it requires me to kind of constantly go. And that's been a hard thing for me to learn because I'm a very regimented person and I can't be. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I, I do remember when we started the podcast and you were very strict about your, your time, you know, like I spend this amount of money, I shop this many days. And I remember thinking yeah. to myself, oh my gosh, I, I could never, you know, but I admired the fact that you were that strict. And, um, you know, I think it was after a bill I looked at in November, uh, where I saw that I had spent $900 that month sourcing. And mind you, I've, I've never been in the red ever. Yeah. Like, so I'm going on, you know, three years in August and I have never once spent more money in a month than I make. Um, so I'm always, and it's not just like breaking even either. Right. I mean, I'm making money. So I don't want people like $900 is a lot, but, um, but it also like put me in check a little bit like, oh, I think I'm going to start really keeping track of how much. And then at the start of 2020, I was keeping a monthly journal of how much I was spending. I was trying to keep it to about 500 or less mm. unless I had one of those epic days. Right. And we all have those at times, right? And you're like, well, budget doesn't matter right now. I have the funds, but like, I'm going to Yeah. Get and it wasn't like, I, I don't, you know, I didn't need to have a really strict budget, but I would just reflect a little bit and be like, all right, Lori, you're at, you're at 475 and it's only the 15th of the month. Mm -hmm. Like, are all those things listed? Where are we at here? Mm -hmm. Stay home for a couple of days. And that really helped me. But to be honest, that was probably December after that month, January, February, March, we shut down. Right. And then I wasn't sourcing. And then thriftless February in February. So not even, yeah. so like, that was kind of short-lived and I should probably get back to that because I liked just checking in with myself and seeing how much was there. Yeah, I think that's important too. And I think that's, for me, I'm a big advocate of like having a separate bank account for your reselling funds and just kind of keeping everything separate, especially if you do this like me as a more part-time basis. Um, I think it's good to see like the money in, money out kind of thing and and really reflect and see, okay, I've made, I'm just gonna throw a random number. I made $500 this month in reselling, um, but I've spent... 475 of it on on sourcing like just just kind of reflecting that kind of stuff like okay mm, was that the best use of my money is you know and then you start reflecting on okay well why am I doing this and those other questions start to come up right but like for me I always try to look at my pending balances I try to look at my bank account and say okay such and such amount of money is being allocated to x and this amount of money is gonna be dedicated to y kind of thing and um that helps me too I think it's just important to keep yourself in check and see where your money's going what do you say I, also, I think that's a great point Daniela I also think it's important to to understand where you are in your business yes. I because agree. I think in the beginning you are sourcing a lot and you're trying mm -hmm. to build up your closet. Um, and so you might be taking all of your profit and putting yes. it back into your business. It depends. Like some people might want 200 items in their closet. Some people might be like pushing for full time and they want 1500 in their closet. Right. And that takes a lot of building. Yes, it does. Um, it's also why I know both of us are advocates or start of starting with what's in your closet and around your house. And I think I've been pretty honest that that was not how I started. 
And it's very hard to go back. It's very hard to backpedal once you've kind of already started on this path of, which is why I literally have to make it a national holiday in my house, <laughs> yes. stop freaking sourcing because it doesn't come natural to me. Yeah. Um, Do you think the estate sale has had you maybe, I don't want to say halt sourcing, but kind of make you pause a little bit and be like, okay, and maybe look at inventory a little differently because you had so many different types of items come your way. Yeah, to be honest, I've I've felt pretty overwhelmed lately. I've had to cancel a couple orders. Like um, what's happening is I have Caitlin who comes and take, takes pictures, which I wouldn't trade for the world. However, I think I need to adjust how I'm using Caitlin yeah. because right now she's only taking pictures measuring and drafting, which is monumentally helpful. It's wonderful. However, we're not inventorying the clothes in the moment. So I have this huge bottleneck of piles of clothing that have been photographed and drafted, but then they're not getting put away. Um, So I literally have 85 drafts right now um, in Vendue ready to go, but about 50 of those pieces haven't been inventoried and it's, it's just making it scattery for me. And yeah. now you introduce, I mean, there were over 300 pieces. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I probably kept about 200. So it's just in my space. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's definitely had me look at things differently. What I'm trying to be really cautious of right now is to not get so overwhelmed that I throw my hands up and like, oh, I'm just going to send them all thread up and make $2 yeah. per item. Because what I'm noticing is when I'm listing these J Jill pieces, they're selling between 20 and $30 a piece. And I'm like, I don't want to give this away on the same token. I have a lot of like wonderful people who watch my channel who have reached out. I, I, I'm not joking when I say I probably have like 15 text messages and emails I need to get back to people who showed an interest and I just need to like figure out how I want to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so it's definitely been one more thing added to my plate that wasn't there before yeah. the estate sale. However, the upside has been really nice. I mean, that, oh, that yeah. video is, is doing well. It's my, my best performing video ever. And it's a pleasant surprise because it was so off the cuff that I decided to even film it that day. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's just been fun. I actually really like vintage, so it's been fun, but, um, I'm at this point eager to flip the page, yeah. turn the page and move forward. So, um, you know, I'm making my way through, I probably have another week or two worth of work still. I think it's fun as uh, someone who's kind of like a bystander, right? Like watching you go through the process, just seeing all the different pieces that are so relevant today that this woman wore maybe 20, 30 years ago. Um, and it's, first of all, everything's in impeccable condition, which is just Unreal. like, she reminds me of my grandmother. Not a single moth hole. Right. It reminds me of my grandmother, like took mm-hmm. care of every little thing perfectly. I went in her closet the other day and pulled out a coat, wool coat in perfect condition from 1975 and I'm keeping it like perfect condition you know um it's just one of those they just they took care of the things differently but I think it's also like for me as a viewer right as a friend and as a viewer just to see the different pieces and like all the sweater vests and the sweaters and the coach bags and the dooney bags and just like that vintage aspect that is so relevant right now with the generation Mm -hmm. it's fascinating to see that and then it's it's moving it, it is it's moving um the thing like I'm a little sad's not the right word I brought some stuff to Buffalo Exchange when Ryan was here and the girl who 
did my intake was like such a hipster, like blue eyeshadow. She had like a <laughs> nylon turquoise, like Adidas jacket, high top Reebok. She was so funky. Yeah. And, um, she went through the bag and she gave me back stuff that was not from the estate sale. And she kept all, but like one blazer from the estate sale. And she said, whatever your source is, please bring me more. She's like, I loved all of it. Now I only got like $6 and 60 cents per item. So they were, and they were things I wasn't really excited about. So I don't want to like be sad about it because some of those pieces could have sat for a while, but then I was like, oh man, am I like, am I jumping the gun here? But it made me really happy. Like I took that $76 and I went next door and got like Madewell jeans. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, you use the money, things you weren't that excited about. You flipped it really quick and you used that money to get things that you were a little more excited about. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm learning a lot. I'm seeing some new brands and um, I am going to call Fashion File for that one vintage bag. Um, What is it? The Levant? How do I say it? Levant. 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 It's Landon. Yeah. Um, That bag's really pretty. And I think I might call Fashion File and see what they would give me for it. But yeah, it's been eye opening, really fun an absolute ton of work. I think some people look at it like, oh my gosh, what a windfall. And granted, my cost of goods was dirt cheap on that. Yeah. You made it back with one sale. One sale. Um, <laughs> but I almost didn't make it back with. I know, um, but you did. <laughs> yeah, someone opened a case and then voluntarily withdrew and said, oh, okay, no, I'm going to keep it. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a mm-hmm. lot of work. But I think that sourcing in general, it can be a lot of work because you can go down that same rabbit hole. Let's say you went to the bins and you did the exact same thing. Except Somebody could easily did. get 200 items at the bins. Correct. It doesn't have to be what, what I did, you know, what I mean? or someone in your family, my friend, Kim, who actually went through everything with me yeah. in that video. She's been in a few videos. Um, she has a family relative. We're going to Buffalo exchange tomorrow. She has an appointment because she oh. has a relative total hoarder, total over shopper, same thing. Um, and you know, she told Kim and Kim went there. She's like, this is like deja vu. Um, so it, it, you know, I can see this, you know, maybe in a different form happening to other people or like with, when you did your, um, you did the next door app during the pandemic, right. And people Mm -hmm. just dropped off bags on your front step. And you had that one windfall of all that Lululemon from a friend, which was, (laughs) it was a lot. It was exciting, but it was a lot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a lot. And we're not complaining. You no, know? because it was Lululemon, but it was still a lot. It was a lot to process, a lot to like research because some of it didn't have rip tags or size dots and stuff. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I mean, you have to do your research regardless of whether it's modern pieces or vintage pieces. Um, but yeah, it is. And I think sometimes I fall into, this is like a, a sourcing trap that I fall into a lot where I'm there for therapy. Mm-hmm. Like my sourcing is my therapy. Like I, I would go after work, still do it. And I'm like, just like grazing basically. It's like having a glass of wine. Yeah, that's exactly, that's all I'm, that's all it's missing. Stress going away. You know what I mean? It's like, right. 
you know, instead of coming home and having a glass of wine or, or whatever people do to unwind, mm -hmm. read a book, bubble mm -hmm. bath, watch a show, whatever it is, yeah. um, you go to the thrift store and, exactly. and you can easily justify it because it's also what makes you money. Correct. So that's what can be tricky. It can be because you have to. So what I've been doing is like, I did it yesterday. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Goodwill, the one, the new one that just opened up, but I'm not going to look at anything. I'm literally going in with the mindset to look at books because I want some new books to read. And um, this one Goodwill has a lot of uh, books from Italy or Italian, like someone in the area must have been an Italian teacher or something. They've donated a lot of books um, all in Italian. So I've been picking them up as I see them and giving them to my mom to read. So she's been really excited. And I kept a few of myself too, because um I haven't read Italian in a very long time. Well, this is a lie. I read Italian like through text message and stuff with my family, but like to read a book in Italian, I haven't done that since high school and mm -hmm. I don't want to lose that skill. Um, so I'm trying to like continuously keep reading little things here and there. So I picked up a few like easier books to read and stuff. And people might be thinking, well, but you're fluent. Yeah, but I speak a dialect. So like proper Italian and dialect is very different. <laughs> so um yeah. So I've been doing that, but like, I had to go in there and I was like, I'm not looking at anything. And of course I broke my rule a little bit and I started looking through blazers and I was like, no, like, you can't, you cannot do this. Like you just, you came in to look at some books and I looked at a few hard goods, see if I could pick anything up for their house, for the house. And, you know, just little things like that, but I didn't get anything, got my book, spent $6, <laughs> got my books and I walked out the door, but like, I have to stick to it. And that's the hard part. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's really difficult. Um, I have like, I think I talked a little bit about my my home run strategy. I think we talked about that briefly yeah. last week. Yeah, where when I go, I'll say to myself, unless this is a complete home run, I'm going to leave it behind. So unless it's something I can't wait, the car's still running and I'm hopping out to like photograph it and list it. And the comps are extraordinary and the value is great. Like, unless right. it's something like that, I'm just going to have to leave it behind, you know? It's um, so hard to do. <laughs> because as I'm learning with this estate sale, even wool Talbot's pants that aren't fun to photograph, don't excite me at all. Wouldn't have picked them up. They sell. So mm -hmm. as much as we talk about what sells, I swear, um, we are going to talk about, uh, we are, um, for anybody who happens to listen to the clubhouse that I'm in um, for over 40. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you guys are coming back with that, right? All ages are welcome. Yes, we're going to come back September 1st. And Heidi, who's a friend of ours, um, had the suggestion of, uh, you know, what is the impact that, you know, resellers, Instagram influencers, YouTubers have on saturation of the market? like, you know, anthropology and free people are probably the first two things that come to mind. People have been talking about them for five years and now the market's saturated. Nobody really talks about Talbot's wool pants, but a lot of people want to buy them. You know what I mean? So True. it's a really interesting topic. And, you know, there are things that I talk about over and over because certain brands, certain pieces excite me to pick up. Like when I look at Everlane and Madewell jeans, I think of you, something you talk about a lot, you know? So what is the impact of that? And I think that that's been an interesting part of my journey with the estate sale is finding these things that I wouldn't typically pick up. Like my mother-in-law the other day was like, do you have any Jones New York blazers? This is like oh a week. The estate sale. <laughs> no, but I can grab you one at the thrift store. <laughs> she said, I went on Poshmark and nobody had my size Jones, New York. Like when she was in her heyday in her early forties and like going out on the weekends with my father-in-law 
she used to always wear a Jones New York blazer and like her jeans and like a turtleneck and her gold necklace, you know, oh like, God, I love it. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, she wants Jones New York's blaze of New York blazer. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not something many people pick up. And, you know, so those are the, those are the things now that's, that's a totally different topic. Like when we talk about what we're passionate about sourcing mm-hmm. for, like uh, some of this stuff, I'm like, oh my God, thank God I have Caitlin because if I have to, I would never do it. If I have to photograph one more, you know, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. Lori Goldstein basic shirt, you know, I will die. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of different conversations, like what you're passionate about picking up and sourcing, what excites you, what you're willing to spend money on. And then there's the what sells. And also, and I feel like I can't emphasize this enough, like where are we in our reselling journey? Because mm-hmm. guess what? If I'm paying my mortgage and I live alone and I know a lot of my friends who are single women yep. paying their rent on their own, paying their yep. mortgage by themselves, it's very different. They're like, you know what? I would love to source beautiful things that bring me joy every day, but I literally need to keep my lights on. So yeah. I'm going to sell this because I got it at the bins for cheap or this because my aunt gave it to me. So there's so much that goes into sourcing and what, and the whys behind everything, you know? And I think um, that that's the probably most important part of the conversation, right? Like, why are you sourcing? Like, is this detrimental to your business if you don't source? And I think someone who's full-time who has to keep the lights on, has to pay a mortgage with their reselling funds, and that's the only source of income coming in. Yes, it is detrimental to their business and to um, their ability to just live if they don't source every single day and find items at whatever price point that it needs to be. And it's items that are going to sell quickly for them. Yes, it can be detrimental to them. Someone like me, who, if I don't go sourcing for two or three weeks, no, it's not going to be detrimental to my business. It may slow things down. It's nothing's going to collapse around me. I'm going to put it that way. I have a full-time job. My husband has a full-time job. This money that I'm making, yes, has helped me pay off bills, has helped me save money. Um, now is going to be for saving for furniture and that kind of stuff. So yes, this, I, I use this money to pay my student loan bill. Like it is, I, yes, I rely on it, but in a different way. So if I didn't do anything for a month, yeah, it'd suck, but I'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, um, I really admire the people who start this journey and they go to the bins or they go to dollar days at Goodwill. And that is their criteria. Like um, my friend, Monica, um, posh hanger. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She runs my, my Amazon class that I'm taking. Oh, right, 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 right. And I just respect her so much. And she was a single mom who was, you know, raising a son and paying the bills on her own. And uh, she talks about when she started, how she went to dollar days and bought whatever her budget was, 20, bought 20 items and went home and sold them. And then when she got money from that, she went back, she bought 40 items. Mm -hmm. And like, that's how she built her business. And now she's making crazy money on Amazon and on eBay. And she's just built such a business. It's so impressive. And she's such a kind person, but um, yeah. So I really admire the people who can stay within those parameters who, and, you know, really, I think it's really easy to burn out with reselling. If all you're doing is selling uh, sourcing and you're, and you're not keeping up with the, you know, if you look at reselling like a pizza or pie, Mm -hmm. you know, sourcing is a small slice of it. It really is. But you would think from Instagram and our community that it is 75%, right? 
because it's just the way that it's talked about. It's the most exciting thing. That's the fun part for everybody. Correct. I mean, Ryan was making fun of me. I put a video out today with our hall and um, he was saying how we came home from sourcing and we were both doing our spreadsheets. Like, you know, he brought his laptop and we were hanging out and he's like, yeah. And Lori spent, he's like, he basically added all his things to the spreadsheet. And I like, couldn't get past this one dress that I was researching. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you get caught up in mm-hmm. stuff too. Um, and, and that's a problem for me. Like, just take the damn picture. Don't worry about a stock photo. Like just mm-hmm. get it up, get it listed, include the important stuff and move on. Like, and, and I think we all have bottlenecks at different places in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny what I get caught up in. Cause I really do like to research. I think with certain pieces, it's fun to research because I get stuck on that too sometimes where I'm like, this is a really unique piece. And then I go down a rabbit hole of like the whole history of the designer and like everything like that because it's just fun. I like, that's what I like about fashion. I like learning about all that kind of stuff. But then I just wasted 40 minutes of my time. Yeah. (laughs) And there we go. And now I've done absolutely nothing, you know? So yeah, I think even with photographs, I think that the Poshmark community or Poshmark in general has made it like everything has to be pretty and fluffy and bows tied around everything where it's like in reality, get a clean, crisp picture of the item up, have a good description and call it a day. Like that's really what selling's all about. So yeah, there's a balance between all of that. that. Yes. We may like to research, but somebody else might really love to do that part of the business. Right. The pretty packaging. Right. It's true. So yeah. And, and I also think that's why you can't get too judgy and you know, that's why we're all running our own business. I say it all the time. Like Walmart doesn't tell Nordstrom how to run their business. They're different business models. People make a lot of money and they stay in their lane. You know what I mean? So, um, same with sourcing too. We all have different sourcing strategies. Lori and I, may source together, but we have very different strategies when we're out. There's some things align. I think with most of us, certain things always align, but we're looking for different things. Our budgets are different. Everything's different. Yeah. And um, it's just the way it is. I just think it's really looking at yourself and your business and just focusing on what it is that you need to do for yourself and try as hard as you can to not let social media or YouTube or anything out there really influence the way that you want to go with your business. There's no right or wrong. You are a business owner. Yeah. You do what you want. And um, I've been thinking about, I want to do a video um, and I've seen them done before. It's not really an original idea, but to just go around my house and grab stuff to, to source and just how much time you save by just walking around your house. Like Rocco just cleaned his room and oh God, the onslaught of bags. <laughs> this happens to me all the time too. My yeah. kids clean a room and then I have, but my baby's a senior now. So I feel like there aren't many more days like this left, but he is a sneakerhead. And he collected like sneakers, but he started connect collecting them when he was a young boy, like he was middle school or something mm. early on. And a- at Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder a lot of them are like dirty now i'm like why did you put this back in a box it's filthy like but at the time it like meant a lot to him but anyways he gave me like 12 pairs of sneakers today nikes all in box you know um 
I'm probably going to list about eight of them. Um, and some I'm just going to donate, but anyways, yeah, there's like, I don't have to leave the house is my point, but I'm going to the bins tomorrow with a friend. (laughs) I think this is like the next topic we have on here, which is creativity with sourcing. And I think like you just said, sourcing from your own closet, your kids sourcing in their closet and giving it to you, going around your house and just finding items. Like I'm starting to do that now that we're going to be moving. Okay. What can I get from like this small section that I'm looking at today? Is there anything that I can sell myself really quickly? Um, Or is this like a donate thing? Can I put like an ad here in the apartment complex and be like, Hey, if you're interested in any of this stuff, like come by the apartment kind of thing and you guys can have it. And, you know, just kind of going through all that stuff. And I think we forget that we as humans just naturally collect things as time, like as days, weeks, months go on, we just do, we're just, that's just what happens. No matter how much of a minimalist you try to be, you just collect things. The more people are in your house, the more things you collect. And um, I just think there's so many different ways to grab inventory from your own home. I also think um, we forget like pet stuff too, pets, collars, outfits. I mean, has their own stuff. category dedicated to pets. Right. People buy that stuff, yeah. list that stuff. Um, you know, I would never sell my cats pet beds because they're disgusting and I end up tossing them. Like I would never sell anything like that. But like for dogs, they have really cute outfits and things and you can wash them and someone else can have them. Um, the other thing your kids have grown out of, I mean, it's, right. it's, I think if you're creative about it and you're serious about making money and getting rid of stuff, because it's really hard to resist the urge to source. Mm-hmm. Um, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Um, Oh, I was just going to say, there's some people in the community who are now sewing things or creating different things, whether it's quilting or knitting or, you know, whatever it is, taking pieces that are almost like salvage pieces, like things Mm -hmm. that have holes and rips, tearing them apart and creating something new from it. I think if you're crafty like that and you feel like getting creative and testing the waters, I say do it. Like, I don't have that kind of skill. I wish I did. Mm -hmm. I knew how to, I know how to sew the basics. I don't really know how to knit, but if you're great at that kind of stuff, I say do it. It's another way to sell an item. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you want sustainable. to time too. I mean, is it going to, again, you want to look and see if it will be worth yeah. it, but you can get creative. I mean, I have a whole bag of t-shirts, some are single stitch, some are just cool, um, that have stains and I'm literally just going to crop them all and sell them cropped. I've done that with, I, I bought the, got this like Looney Tunes uh, vintage six flags t-shirt. Um, it's got like this giant stain on the front, but I'm like, I'm going to crop it. It'll be like an urban outfitter girl. And then right. we'll that. Angie bought a rotary cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it makes it super easy and yeah, it's one less thing you have to buy at the store. So, I mean, I think we could talk all day about this, but I mean, I think practical ways of shifting into, you know, maybe, you know, you pick a budget, whatever works for you and try to stick to it. Or maybe you do something like, I want to pull 10 items from my house and list them before I source this week, you know, or I want to list 25 items before I source this week. Like sometimes just dangling that carrot and, you know, that carrot's different for everybody, Mm -hmm. but whatever, whatever part of your business needs work, if you can try to tackle that first, like Mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, you know, 
then sourcing is your prize, right? When you do it right. that way, it's yeah. more of like, like think of it like when you were a kid, you know, if you did something, you, you did your chores, whatever it was, okay, now we can go get whatever it was, right? Like yeah. now you can go to KB Toys, Danielle, and go get that car that you really KB want to Toys. play with. I yeah, guess. dating myself a little, but. A little bit, but that's great. <laughs> go to KB Toys and you can get the little cars that you want to play with on the little racetrack that your daddy built for you. Like, oh. you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's the same concept, only as an adult. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know if for some people writing it down or, or whatever it is, but something that just makes you aware. I mean, and I think to circle back to when that November month where I spent $900, it was really just having the awareness of really writing it all down. I mean, it's always comes in the credit card bill. I can access it anytime I want. And I do really recommend getting a separate business card yeah. oh my god I think gosh. that's the number one thing no matter what that's the first thing that you should do if you're going to start reselling well, and be serious it, about it and you don't have to have an LLC it's just no. a credit card you can have your name it doesn't have to have a business name or anything like that just pick one card that you are only going to use for your business and it is really eye-opening because like mm-hmm. like on my Amazon account is linked to my work credit card and then um Oh, I mean, just little incidentals, whatever I need for my business, it all goes on one card. So you really, you're not having to sift through other family expenses. You're just like, boom, 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 down the line. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's true. a deposit from, you know, from Poshmark or it's a withdrawal. So yeah, whatever, whatever it is that you feel like you need to work on. Like if you have a lot of things that need to get listed, you know, some people are caught up with their listings, uh, but maybe their inventory pile is bad. That's, that's mm-hmm. my issue right now. Um, but yeah, sourcing, sourcing is so much fun. We all love it. <laughs> it is. We love it. I mean, we, we plan, we plan day dates, girl time together with sourcing. It's just something that we do. It's, it's a hangout, but also you're getting work done at the same time. So you justify it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm psychotic about it. Like I'll get together with my girlfriends from college and I map out where it is, how early I can leave. If I can make it to a local thrift store before I meet up with them. And I do it across. We're going to visit Anthony in Pittsburgh. I'm like, well, there are two bins and how am I going to budget that? Cause I haven't seen my son in five months, but like I have to go to the bins. Well, but I need to go shop. So <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's funny. Cause you can weave it into so many parts of your life, you know, I think another thing that's kind of just very simple is just limit, not even the money you spend sometimes, because maybe, maybe you don't have a strict budget, but like limit the amount of things. Like Mm -hmm. I can fill my car with 35 things, but when I leave, I'm only going to allow myself to take the amount of pieces that I will go home and list today. Right. That moment. If Mm -hmm. I can list eight, 10 items today, then I'll be able to buy 10 pieces. But if I know myself and I'm only going to list five things, then only buy five items. Like that's kind of a fun challenge too, because it really makes you, forces you to be selective. I may have 10 items in my cart that I know will make me money, but what's going to make me the most money or what's going to, what's going to sell the fastest or what is the best value? Like what's marked up, what's not, you know? So yeah, sometimes just giving yourself uh, a, an, an allowance, like don't, you know, not a money allowance, but just yeah. like, don't allow yourself to purchase more than this. And then, then, you know, <laughs> when we go sourcing sometimes together and like, I'm like, oh, I love this. I love this. Should I get this? Or I'm on the fence. And then one of us will notice a stain. I'm like, oh, good. Now I don't have to Thank buy Thank God. 
Isn't that a weird feeling that we're like excited when we see a stain on something? And that should be a clear indication like, well, this wasn't something you're really excited to sell in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because if it's a really good piece, you don't want to stain on it. But there are those pieces I'm like, oh, there's a hole, put it back. Phew, one less thing I have to buy. You know, when you're on the fence for things. But I also think that if you give yourself a budget, then you are more selective. Like, okay, I'm going to go over these one more time. Like when I was shopping with Ryan, there were a couple things that I bought that I was like, all right, throw it in. And I got home. One was like a Vince silk blouse that Ryan found for me. Whenever somebody else finds me something too, I always feel bad putting it back. Hold on. Lulu wants to get out. Okay. Um, I definitely get that feeling too. And someone's like, oh, you would like this. And I'm like, I would. And then I'm like, hmm. But would I, I do it really want it? Yeah. yeah. So there was this, it was like a blush silk Vince blouse. And it was pretty. It was five bucks. I mean, I, nah, I wouldn't have picked it up, but yeah. I picked it up. And it had like the worst pit stains. Like I got <laughs> home and I'm like, Jesus, Lori. Like, and it was because I wasn't being super thoughtful. But if I had given myself, you can only buy 10 things, that probably would have gone back. It's funny you talk about this because as I was, I officially have no items to list. I, I made it a goal. I was like, you can't, you can't have anything to list. Okay. But there's more to the story. Oh, so I, I had a bag I, and I've had this bag for probably months of just things that have been thrown in there that I've collected throughout the months of sourcing. And everyone has like either a pile or, or something, right. Of like these items just continuously sit in that pile or that bag that every time you pull out, when you're grabbing things to photograph, you're like, I'm going to leave this here for next time. No, I'm going to leave it here for next time. So what I did was I ordered thread up bags and everything that was in that bag has gone into that thread up bag and it's going to be shipped off because I'm not going to list any of it. I'm not going to. Putting it off. Yeah. You look through them and you you get ready to list it and you're like, oh, that's why I didn't list it. I don't know what the fabric content is. Oh, I forgot to write down the size or whatever it is. Why did I pick this up kind of thing? Or it's like, it's really cute, but I don't want to sell this. Uh I have no interest in selling this. Why did I even grab it? So, I mean, this happens to everyone. But the other thing too, is I've noticed that um, kind of similar to what you said, where you go to the store and only grab the things that you really, really love. I noticed that if I go to a consignment store or a buy, sell, trade store, and I'm picking things up, when I get home, I'm listing those things ASAP because I've paid a little bit more money for them. I really mm-hmm. like them and whatever the style, whatever it is, it's just really hot right now. It's getting listed immediately. I walk in the door, I photograph, I put it away. Oh, it man. is like an immediate thing. And then the other pieces sit and I don't want to do that anymore. Well, it's going to happen. Like There's no way around it. It's going to always happen, but I want to get better. I want to get better. It also depends on the season in your life too. I think that plays a role. And I think where you're moving now I think it's going to be a little bit easier for you to be Mm -hmm. like, nope, like, what do I really want to invite into my new home, my new space? Or what do I really want to bring into my apartment right now that I may have to move to my new space? So you might be like even more selective. Because I have to be. Then once you get to the other side, we'll Then we'll see what happens when I have more space, Lori. I'm a little afraid. I'm not going to lie. I said to Matt, I was like, I got to buy more totes. He's like, you got to do what? I'm like, I got to buy more totes. I got to create an actual inventory system now. Yeah. Like I get to do the real deal now. And um, he actually said to me off topic, he was like, we got to find a way to like bring this to the next level so we can both just be home and do this full time. And I was like, are you feeling okay? Are you feeling all right? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, I don't know. There's got to be a way. He's like, what if I did Amazon? I was like, okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know what it is too? I think 
he sees the growth he sees the potential in it kind of thing I mean it would take time to get to that point to where you know we would go that full-time route but I don't know I was just shocked I was like all right, okay all right Matt let's that's exciting let's see I'm so jealous of retelling <laughs> couples like so jealous <laughs> so we'll see well he's not into it though which is why I'm like you would be the Amazon person because I, I can't but yeah Amazon is very straightforward and well I shouldn't say that it's not straightforward yeah, but don't lie to me because it's it, not it's a different beast I mean it's straightforward in the sense that like um I don't know you see something and you pursue it and then you know some whether you're doing merchant fulfilled or FBA, there's not so much moseying around like you do at a thrift store. Yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel like it's more targeted. Maybe that's a better way. It's not. Yeah, it's um, strategic, but in a different way. I yeah. guess. There's I a different strategy that goes to it. Um, you know, scanning something is going to tell you right away. Yes. This is worth your time to pick up or no, it's not worth your time to pick up. There's no guess game really. Right. And where you're not creating your listings or photographing or stuff like that. Like if there's like, I had this, I had this one item that sold really well. Um, and I think I sent in like six of the same skew and they sold out immediately. And I think, wow. I think I paid six or seven and they sold for like 22. So it wasn't okay. like insane, but what I loved about it was it was a very small item. It was a mm -hmm. non breakable It was nothing that required extra packaging it was accessible. And I was like, Hmm, what I think I might do is go back and try to find the same thing and buy a hundred of them <laughs> because it's like, this was like the first skew that I kind of found on my own. It wasn't recommended mm -hmm. in the group. It wasn't like that. I just like, okay, let me, and it was a Nike product, uh, but it wasn't an expensive one and I'm ungated in Nike. So I was like, huh, let me go try to find a hundred of these. And then that's it. It goes in one box. You know what I mean? So yeah. my strategy is very much changing. Like there were a couple of things that I bought that were big, they were bulky, they were heavy. And it's like, re it's, it's like anything, like you mm -hmm. do it once and you're like, I'm never going to do that again. You know, you screw, yeah. up, you screw up your shipping and you send a pair of boots to California that you don't budget for on eBay and ends up costing you $20. You don't do it again. You know exactly. What I mean? Exactly. It's so true. So, so true. Yeah. Um, moving on, because I guess we've yeah. been on this topic for a while. But yeah. the last thing we want to talk about, and this is a little teaser, guys, okay? But we um, are going to talk about tracking and monitoring your time that you're spending on sourcing versus other tasks in your business, which we've kind of talked about. And uh, this is actually going to be part of our bonus segment here for our Patreon group. Um, so they will see this post in the Patreon group. But if you guys want to follow along with the conversation, please feel free to click the link in the show notes to join us there. It's $5 a month. We have download content. We have episodes that we post on there that are bonus content. We have a live Zoom chat. We have a Discord. We have lots of fun things that we do there. Going on. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's, we do. Wonderful community that's growing. And yeah, it's been so exciting. Um, yeah. Tell us what you try to manage your time and expectations when it comes to sourcing versus other aspects of the business on Instagram. We love reading all the posts. So we're curious how you manage your time and expectations when it comes to sourcing. Yeah, I think that's a, I think it's interesting to see everyone's perspective on all of that too. And don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review on there. Um, this definitely helps get Thrifters Villa out there to other potential listeners. And it just, oh, just like in YouTube, it gives us a little boost in the algorithm for Apple. So all of your, and be honest with your reviews. 
just be honest. We read yeah, them. <laughs> of course. So much appreciated. And uh, we talked a little bit about introducing, uh, giving a little shout outs to new yes. members of our Patreon group. And we have, I don't know, like maybe 55 57 as of today patreon members so i feel bad i want to shout everyone's name out i know we're gonna just start from here yes and um so this week we have mags buzz a new patreon kimberly and susan so welcome so welcome to our patreon we're so happy to to have you we are very happy to shout outs every week to our new patreon members um yes we have a live event, uh, live Zoom this Tuesday too with everyone, which is really fun. So we'll have lots of new faces on there. So yeah, Patreon's a good place to be. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> but we love you guys too, who are not a part of the Patreon. We still love you guys regardless. Oh gosh, of course, that's why I want you guys, um, if you're not on Patreon or if you are and you want to be part of the conversation, like Instagram is a great place. Yes. So you don't have to be on the Patreon. Not if at you all. want to be a part of the conversation, just like hop on Instagram. Um, you know, you can always DM Daniela or I for some content ideas. We love to hear it, but um, we wanted to cut the sourcing just because I feel like we could just go on for days. Yeah, it's a fun topic and we can definitely revisit this and talk about different parts of it. But um, it was just like, yeah, like a therapy session, just like you said, it it was was just a lot of it's something worth reflecting on. And I think Daniela and I don't like to be preachy in any way because everybody runs their business so differently. So we kind of like, I don't know, talk about our own ups and downs and like maybe offer some suggestions that might work. So hopefully. Yeah. And I think we work through our own problems too. When we do this too, it's like, well, maybe I should look at it this way. And now that I think about it, you know, I've been doing this, but I'm thinking about giving myself a number at the bins tomorrow. I think the bins is a good place to give yourself a number. That's a good idea. Or like a time limit kind of thing. Like I'm going to be there for 60 minutes and I'm not doing that tomorrow because it's the first time since pre-pandemic. This is true. Okay. That they don't kick you out. Like I right. going to walk around there. So leisure all day. I'm going to wait for those bins rotations. <laughs> I am so freaking excited to just for it to be the old bins. Like it's literally been a year and six months. Yeah. Been a long time. It's been a yes. long time. I think Boston bins are going to reopen. No way. But I don't think there's a time yet. Oh my yeah. God. This is the third person I've heard say that, that they're probably going to reopen, but there's no, like, they don't know when, but I think it's, it's tabled. It's a, it's, it's tabled All right. somewhere. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I will be ready <laughs> when they are. I will be ready when they are. Yeah. So maybe I'll say something tomorrow, like no more than what's a good bins number 25. I'd say 25 to 30 is a good number. That way it's like 25, 30, really great pieces. Doesn't matter what they're going to sell at. Right. They could sell $25 a piece. It doesn't matter. It's a bins item. Right. But you know that you can flip quickly that you're excited about that. You're going to wash and get ready for Caitlin. And they're exactly. going to go up and they're going to go up. Yes. Because with the bins, it's like a financial budget is not worth it. Cause it's so right. cheap. So you got to give yourself like a number. So, all right, that is my pledge. What are you going to do? Um, I am, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I have nothing to do. <laughs> all my items are listed. No, I have, I have 10 drafts. That's all that I have. So I'm only going to post two items a day because I'm not going to go sourcing. To stretch it out. Okay. And all I'm right. not going to go sourcing this week. I'm not going to go sourcing. You listed all those Levi's? Yes, everything is listed. There's nothing in the trunk of my car, Lori. There is nothing oh, anywhere. Out of you. Oh, There's I am nothing. married still. <laughs> I am so jealous. You have no idea. 
I have nothing. What I think I might actually do at some point this week, not in the beginning of the week because I have too much going on at work, but I'm probably going to go through all my shoes in my bins and I have another thread up bag and I'm probably going to fill up whatever I can't send to the real real. I'm just going to all send to thread up because I really don't want to move all my shoes. Like the ones that I really want to sell and I want to keep nice. and make the money on, mm-hmm. I'll keep. But the other ones that I'm just like, why? Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Toss them in a bag and off they go to thread up. That's my, I'm making that commitment right here. You All heard right, it first. Tell <laughs> us what you commit to do on Instagram. We want to hear and yeah. everybody have a fantastic week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We love you guys. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. This is just a reminder that Thrifters Villas Patreon is officially live. You can find us on patreon.com backslash Thrifters Villa. It is just $5 a month where we're going to offer you bonus content, extra episodes, a free downloadable a month, and live events. So make sure to check us out there and we will see you next week.